right, what up, young people? Uh, all right, let me, let me, let me just uh, start off by telling you, um, I don't do speeches. I don't do talks. I'm going to share the Word of God with you a little bit, and uh, I'm into encounters. You, are you guys ready to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit tonight? Yeah, because I'm ready. I know that. Uh, so for those of you who don't know me, I, uh, I have the awesome privilege of being the head of the Conquerors International String Team. We're a group of athletes. We basically get to break things for a living, and we don't get in trouble for it. <laughs> it's every little boy's and some girl's dream job. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm also the onboard evangelist here at Res Life. And we travel all over the world, uh, 36 different countries. We recently just got back from Pakistan, and we were over there in a majority Muslim world, the place where they got bin Laden, and we saw 66,550 people come to know Jesus Christ. Love stomping the enemy's head in. So I'm going to share a couple pictures with you guys from that trip. Uh, if you could throw one up there. Uh, that's at uh, one of our leadership conferences we did. We did four leadership conferences. We did four uh, open-air crusades, evangelism, and we were on TV. Everything that we did was televised. It was an average of 10 million people in 80 countries watching uh, each night. So it was a pretty phenomenal. Next one. Next picture. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit uh, breaking out there over those people. It was so, so stinking cool. Next one. And uh, that was one of our crusade nights. Uh, I think the largest crowd we had was like 50,000 people. Um, We had miracles, all kinds of stuff going on. Next one. Yeah, I took a selfie with the crowd. I did, yep. Had to get a selfie. I'm not a selfie guy, but I had to get a selfie on that one. All right, next one. Uh, that's me and uh, Pastor Asher, and you guys know Robbie Dawkins? Yeah. Yeah, it was fun over there, kicking the devil's butt with him. He, he looks real happy right there, doesn't he? <laughs> next picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me and the, uh, one of the security guards. Uh, I felt like I was living on a military base. Our hotel was an armed fortress. And we got there, and, and one of the guys tapped me on the shoulder and said, they need all this security for a reason, don't they? I said, duh. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hairy over here. All right, next one. My cool outfit. Oh, okay, nope, nope, nope. That's it. He called me the Pakistani man in black. Oh, yeah, there's one. That's us uh, in the TV, TV studio. Uh, we start off shooting four days of television programs. Uh, two hours each. Uh, that's some of the team that was uh, with us. So there's Yago Williams right there in his, uh, in our dresses. <laughs> that's a long story. All right, let's see if there's another one from uh, Pakistan. Is that it from, okay. All right. Um, I want to share with you uh, a message. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> something else, Papa? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you rub on the lamp too hard. That's who comes out. <laughs> right there. <laughs> he wasn't too happy about coming out of the lamp, I'm telling you what. No, Robbie's awesome. He's a good guy. He's a good brother. 
All right, that's it from the... I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about, uh, about strength. It's a subject that I'm very familiar with. Uh, I lifted my first set of weights when I was nine years old. I've been in love with it for ever since. And our culture, um, we, we worship strength, basically, athleticism in every different form. Uh, and our culture is all about strength. But I want to tell you that you will see God move the most when you're at your weakest. If you look at uh, 1 Corinthians 1.27 in the Passion Translation, it says, But God shows those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God shows the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. You know, Jesus... Uh, when he chose his disciples, he didn't go uh, for the people who, he went for the outcasts, the downtrodden, um, the, the castaways, basically. And so if you feel like that, you're in good company because Jesus, Jesus wants to use you. He doesn't look for the smartest or the brightest. I'm a present example of that. <laughs> I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. Um, but he wants to use you to make an impact in your world and the world around you. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9 and 10, it says, But he answered me, My grace is always more than enough for you, and my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I am weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me, so I'm not defeated by my weaknesses, but delighted for when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. Mm. That's rich. Your weakness becomes a portal for God's power. And a portal, you know, in the sci-fi movies and Star Trek stuff, a portal was something that somebody moved from one realm to another realm. Well, God uses our weaknesses to take things from the eternal realm and apply them to the temporal realm, aka signs and wonders and miracles. And uh, I've found the power of God is, I've operated in the power of God the most when I'm at my weakest. I mean, we go to missions trips, and uh, Pakistan, let me tell you, <laughs> Christians over there, um, we got it easy over here. Every time they mention the name of Jesus Christ, every time, it's illegal to witness to Muslims, and 40% of the people that we won to Jesus were Muslims. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Ha ha, devil, sucker. <laughs> And um, literally, they just had, uh, before we got there, uh, little Lucy was rearing his little ugly head, and, and they had uh, a couple, a Christian couple, were burned to death because they said something sideways about Muhammad. So we are blessed to live in the nation that we live in. And we will start off with a 10-day crusade, and we'll be praying, and we'll be ready to go, and, and we'll see God move. But by the end of a 10-day thing, when we are toast, I mean, we're totally physically, mentally, everything. We are at our, our worst. That's when we see the most power of God uh, move. And I, and I asked the Lord, why is that, Lord? And he says, that's because I got you out of my way. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's encouraging. <laughs> 
You know, we, we all, we like to be humble and say it's all Jesus and stuff, but you know, basically we live our lives like it's us and Jesus is coming along for the ride. Well, when we're at our weakest, we can't get in his way. Um, Everything that you need is inside of you already. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, God has chosen you to make his dwelling place. That means he literally lives in you. The one who created the universe, the one who created the moon, the stars, the one who created every person on this planet, he lives inside of you. That means there is an unlimited amount of power that's dwelling inside of each and every one of you. And don't let anybody despise you because of your youth. You know, when I speak to young people, I don't call you guys kids because you're not. You're young adults. And you have power. As a matter of fact, you don't have a bunch of stuff you have to unlearn. You have raw, unadulterated power. And God will move through you in miraculous ways. Um, In 1 Corinthians 6.17, it says, Those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit with him. So God's spirit and your spirit become one. The kingdom is within you, Luke 17, 21. The kingdom of heaven is not found outside, it's found within you, and it's manifested through people. Signs and wonders. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jude 20, but you, my delightfully loved friends, constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, praying every moment in the spirit. What's going to happen here tonight is you're going to have an opportunity to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay? (laughs) We're going to have a Holy Ghost party here tonight, all right? And so... this, this message is about strength, but it's not physical strength. It's about spiritual strength. And we're going to talk about something that's very controversial in a lot of places, a lot of churches. It's called tongues, your prayer language. It's one of the evidences of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, 2 through 5. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage people, to build them up, and to bring them comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress. How many of you want to advance your own spiritual progress? I know I do. And the scripture says, he or she who prays in tongues advances your own spiritual progress. Mm, mm, mm. While one who prophesies builds up the church. I would be delighted if you all spoke in tongues, but I desire even more that you impart prophetic revelation to others. Greater gain comes to the one who prophesies than the one who speaks in tongues, unless there is interpretation so that it builds up the entire church. One of the keys to warfare, matter of fact, it is the most crucial key to warfare, is communication. Um, Two two areas that give a military the advantage is, one, the high ground and good communications. Uh, You can have the best of the best. You can have the most powerful weapons. But if your communication is not good or if your communication goes down, you're in trouble. And that was... Very apparent, I'm going to give you a little history lesson here. In World War II, 
we and the Allied military, we were getting our butts handed to us. I mean, the Germans were kicking our butts big time. Because every time we tried to send a signal, a coded signal, the Germans would decrypt it and they'd find out and they'd meet us and, and we couldn't come up with any kind of signals. They kept de deciphering our signals. And so the people in the War Department said, we got to come up with something that they can't decrypt. We need a language that nobody knows or understands. And somebody had the bright idea. They said, oh, what about the Navajo Indians? Uh, you know those people that we relegated to the, to the back deserts of uh, Nevada and other places like that, that we haven't bothered to learn their language because we really don't care? Remember God takes the weak things of the world to confound the mighty? The weak things of the world? So they got these Navajo Indians and they recruited them as signalmen. That's what they called them back then. And signal walkers. And there was a movie out about it. It's called Wind Talkers. So they would give the communications in their native language, but the Germans were baffled. They couldn't do anything with it. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't break the code. And it literally turned the tide of war. Literally. If you're a history buff, you study it, you'll know that that was what turned the tide of war. Because, and when they found out that the Navajo Indians were the source, they put contracts on them. And these guys went around. They had whole platoons of guards because they were so valuable. So what, what was very weak and insignificant in the world's eyes all of a sudden became very valuable and a key to victory. Now, see, even in the church realm, people say, oh, that tongues, it's just a bunch of gibberish. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a language. But you can't understand what's being said, kind of like the Navajos. And you know who it drives crazy when you speak in tongues? The devil. He hates it when believers speak in tongues. Because if I have a problem, if me and my wife, for instance, are having intense fellowship, <laughs> AKA arguing, and, and, I, and, and, and I start praying in English. <laughs> oh yeah, some of the adults are having a good one with that one, huh? And I pray in English, whatever I pray for in English, the Lord hears my prayers, but guess who else hears my prayers? The enemy does, yeah. But when I pray in my spiritual language, my tongues, it's a language that's not known on earth, but it's known in heaven. And uh, the enemy, it drives them nuts because it catches them off guard. And that's power, let me tell you. Huh. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on him to guide you and he will lead you into every decision you make. Become intimate with him in whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. Our worst enemy is our own understanding most of the time. Our understanding of things is limited. How many of y'all know God's understanding is unlimited? Right? So I can pray about a situation in my understanding of the. It can be aligned up with the scripture, but it's limited by my understanding of the scripture. But when I 
engage in tongues, the Holy Spirit and my spirit, remember, they're one. It bypasses my understanding. Our understanding is oftentimes our worst enemies. And when you are in a time of stress, you have things that you rely on by default. Things you turn to by default. Things that give you comfort. And our physical strength and our mental strength have limitations, but the spiritual realm has no limitations. I don't know about you, but when I'm in trouble or I'm stressed or I'm having a bad time, I want to rely on something that never changes rather than relying on something that's subject to change. Romans 8, 26, and 27. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weaknesses. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. I'll tell you from my own experience, I have seen supernatural breakthrough, supernatural answer to prayers, supernatural healings, deliverances, miracles, and they always, always follow time praying in tongues. Because I'm building my spirit man up in faith, and the Holy Spirit super intercedes. Anything with super on it, I like that. <laughs> You know, it's like putting a charger on an engine or something. I like that super. The Holy Spirit super intercedes for you. You don't even need to know what's going on. Praying in tongues puts the super on anything in the natural that you face. All right, I'm going to share a couple stories with you. Uh, last summer, I had an encounter with Jesus that changed, just totally changed my life. I've been traveling uh, all over the world for the last 15 years. Uh, I've been to over 38 countries, seen, been in front of millions of people, and I've seen over 370,000 people come to know Jesus Christ in the last 10 years. We call that a good start. And last summer, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that literally changed me. I was at Power and Love. That's where I met Robbie, at Power and Love. And the Holy Spirit was moving in that stadium. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Mike, you're a really good professional Christian. And I was like, what, Lord? What are you talking about? He said, oh, yeah, you'll move in my anointing when you're in a pulpit or overseas or doing a crusade. But when you're in the grocery store, you could care less about the people dying around you. And I was cut to the heart. I mean, I was on my face, snot ball crying. And I got up and I said, no more, Lord, no more. You, you, you highlight them to me, I'm going to get them. Nobody's safe around me. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Because what God has deposited in each and every one of us is not just for us. 
There are people in life that only you can reach. You have miracles inside of you that other people need. Mm-hmm. And so now, instead of going to church, I love church. I go to church. I love it. I spend all my weekends in church. Everybody here loves church? Yeah. Hallelujah. But I like being the church more than I like going to church. Amen? Amen. Let me, let me share a couple encounters with you. Throw one of those slides up there. Or those pictures. Now, mm, mm. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> this is Aziz. So, Pakistan is one of the hardest countries to get a visa for. And uh, you have to go through a crazy process. You have to apply in person and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we went to Chicago, applied in person, jumped through all their hoops. And long story short, it came up to a week before we were going to leave, and we haven't heard anything. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to go all the way back to Chicago. So I drove all the way back to Chicago, three hours. And on my way there, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Mike, you're going to pray for an employee there. And I'm like, I'm going to what? <laughs> you want me to pray for one of the people working in the consulate, Lord? Yeah, I want, uh, there's somebody there who needs healing. I said, Jesus, <laughs> I'm going there to get a visa to go to the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. I put on my, on my application, tourist. Now you want me to go Holy Ghost in that place. They're going to know what I'm going over there for. <laughs> you know, I, it was a fearful time. But I have walked long enough with the Lord to know whenever he calls you into the miraculous, he calls you out of your comfort zone and into risk. And so, you know, I've argued with the Lord before. I wouldn't recommend it. It doesn't turn out very well. Bless you. And so I said, okay, all right, <laughs> I'm going for it. So I go in there and uh, I'm talking to the guy behind the glass and he says, oh, wait, wait, wait 30 minutes. We'll check and see what's going on. So I sit down and there's a guy at a desk, a few, <laughs> few chairs over from me and the Holy Spirit says, he's the one. So I said, all right, here we go. So I walked up to him. I said, hey, my name's Mike. He said, ah, I'm Aziz. I said, uh, you may think this sounds crazy, but I believe I'm here to pray for you, to heal you of your pain. Are you in pain? And he looks at me and he stands up and I'm like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> It's on now. I'm going to get the left foot of fellowship. And, and he says, yes, I'm in pain in my back and in my heart. And I says, well, if you allow me to pray for you, Jesus will heal you right here, right now. And he just stands there staring at me. And I says, can I pray for you? And he says, yes. So I go up there and I put my hand on his back and I speak into his back, telling it to line up with the way it was created. And I open my eyes and he's standing there like this. He's like wobbling. And I said, do you feel that? He said, something is all over me. Something is all over me. I said, that's the Holy Spirit, buddy. I said, how's your back feel? He says, it feels good. And, uh, and then the Lord gave me a word for him. You see, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and tongues all come from the same source. The more you pray in tongues, 
the more you'll get words of wisdom and words of knowledge. A word of knowledge is something that is supernaturally given to you to know that you couldn't know by natural means. And this is what this was. I, I said to Aziz, I had no clue. It came up out of my spirit. And I said, Aziz, you have been waiting for something, for a decision for a long time. It's a very important decision. And today that decision is coming. Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> then they said, okay, we, you can have the, the visa. You got to come back in, in, uh, at 3 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. So I left, spent the day in Chicago. I come walking in at 3 o'clock. Aziz is like, Mike, Mike, come here, come here, come here. <laughs> he says, at lunchtime, I ran up and down the stairs to test my back. It's totally healed. I can't feel no pain. And uh, I was like, yeah. I was like, you go, Jesus. <laughs> you go. And then, uh, and then he says, and, and then he tells me it's a complicated thing. I, I hardly understand it, but he applied like six months earlier for a higher diplomatic position. And he said people in his country and in his work, they never get that position. And he said 15 minutes after I walked out, he got an email saying he got accepted for that position. Woo! Now, now the door was open and I started witnessing him about Jesus. Now, I could have went in there and had a debate with him about how, how the Bible's true and the Quran is not. And I could have done all that. I could have handed him a track. I could have said, Jesus loves you. That all would have been good, but highly unlikely that I would have got anywhere. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit is in each of you so that Jesus can do what only he can do through you. Now, when I was given that word of knowledge to him in my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, I hope this is right <laughs> in my own understanding. But it came out of my spirit. And it was right on the money. Now, when I tell him, now he knew he was dealing with somebody besides me. He knew he was dealing with Jesus Christ. His back was reminding him of Jesus Christ. Jesus has given us power to witness who he is. The next one. Next picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Keeley. We were in uh, Australia. This was in Brisbane. This is the Billabong store. Uh, I was looking for a pair of sunglasses, so we went to the mall, and we went in the Billabong store, and uh, there was no, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't give me a word. This chick had the dopest tattoo I've ever seen. She had shorts on. She had this Indian head. It was all over her leg. It was so colorful. It just caught my attention. I was like, that is a dope tattoo. And she's like, whoa, whoa. I said, where did you get it? How much? You know, all this stuff. And then I'm just talking to her, and the Lord gives me a word of knowledge. And I says, Keely, I says, you got it all together on the outside. But inside right now, you're, you feel like you're on your last thread. Like at any moment, you're going to snap. Is that right? And she goes, yeah. And she's trying to hold back tears. And I said, as a matter of fact, you have a dream that you've given up on. And you think it's, you think it's never going to come. to, And, and you're, you're so hopeless right now. You've had suicidal thoughts going through your head. And then the tears started coming. And she said, how'd you know? I said, I didn't know. But the one who put the dream in you, his name is Jesus Christ. 
He's the one who gave you the dream, and without him, you'll never see it come to pass. You need to have a relationship with Jesus, Keely. She says, how do I do that? I says, you, ex you pray a prayer, and you ask him into your heart, do you want to do that? She goes, yeah. <laughs> so we're in the Billabong store, hand in hand, and I'm praying she's giving her life to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! That is why the power of God, God entrusted every single person in this room with his presence, his person, his name, his word, and his power so that you can change the world around you. Next one. <laughs> uh, this is Bob. <laughs> All right. So people who know me, people who know me, my daughter can testify to this. Sophie can testify to this. I am a stickler for time. Like, I believe getting to somewhere 10 minutes early is on time. My wife is exact opposite. I mean, it, it, it's, it, it can be contentious in our house at times. And I hate being late for appointments. And I had an appointment with a pastor in a town, and I had a GPS, and it said I would get there five minutes before the appointed time. So I'm in a good mood. Yeah, I'm going good. I'm driving down the road. And I drive by, and this guy, Bob, he's loading siding into the back of his truck, and the Holy Spirit says, he's in so much pain, you better pray for him right now. And I was like, Lord, you're messing with my schedule here. I'd like to say I just pulled right over, but I didn't. But then he, he got on me hardcore, and I was like, all right, all right, so... I pulled around, and, 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 and when I'm in a hurry, I tend not to mince words. I got out of the truck. I said, hey, man, what's your name? He said, Bob. I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but oh, well. <laughs> I said, you're in a bunch of pain right now, aren't you? And he's looking at me. He's like, how do you know that? I said, it doesn't matter how I know it, but, the, but uh, you want that pain gone? And he's like, well, yeah. What are, you, are you a doctor? I said, no, but I know the great physician. His name is Jesus Christ, and he will heal you right now. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And uh, so I said, can I pray for you? He says, yeah. And I asked him where his pain was on a scale of 1 to 10. He said, it's about an 8 most of the time. And so I started doing this, and it's about a 12. So I prayed for him. He gets totally healed, right? He starts crying and stuff. And then I start witnessing Jesus to him. And uh, he says, <laughs> uh, he says, I, I, I want to know this Jesus. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I led him to Jesus Christ right there. He got healed and he got saved right there. Now, this is the cool part. This is the cool part. God loves me so much. I looked at my watch and I had been in his driveway for 15 minutes. That means I should be about 10 minutes late for my meeting. I got to my meeting right on time. Ooh, hallelujah. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, you know the story in there where our own boy got translated to another city? I'm like, God, I want to do that. Please let me do that. Especially when it comes to going to other countries. I hate flying for 50 hours. All right, now it's time to get into we're, 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 Enough talk. Enough talk. Now it's time for the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. This is what the scripture says. Acts 2.4, 
They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Acts 19, 1 through 7. While Apollos was ministering in Corinth, Paul traveled on through the regions of Turkey until he arrived in Ephesus, where he found a group of 12 followers of Jesus. The first thing he asked them was, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? No, they replied, we've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. Paul asked, then what was the meaning of your baptism? They responded, it meant that we should follow John's teaching. Paul said, John's baptism was for those who were turning from their sins, and he taught you to believe in and follow the one who was coming after him, Jesus, the anointed one. When they understood this, they were all baptized into the authority of Jesus, the anointed one. And when Paul laid his hands on each of the 12, the Holy Spirit manifested, and they immediately spoke in tongues and prophesied. See, when you get born again, when you ask Jesus into your heart, you get 100% of the Holy Spirit. You are filled wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that is already within you overflows and comes upon you. That's what the anointing is. Anointing means rub all over. They used to pour oil on people. That was the anointing. It'd run all over them. The power of God is in you, but when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the power of God comes upon you. <laughs> yeah. That's when fun, that's when it gets fun. And the enemy, he don't like that. Ain't no fun when a rabbit's got the gun. <laughs> Mr. Devil. <laughs> so, this is what we're going to do tonight. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me ahead of time. That's going to be fun. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I got to take care of one, one order of business first. I'm going to cut straight to the point. You know in your heart of hearts right now, you know it. If you're in a right relationship with God, you know it. You also know if you're not in a right relationship with God. You know it. Jesus, he didn't die so that you could do good deeds and so you could clean up your behavior and so you could do good things and be a good person. Jesus died because he loves you so much, he wants to spend the rest of your life with him and eternity with him. He wants to know you personally. He wants to bless your life. He wants to fill your life. And if Jesus was from the United States, he'd be from Missouri, the show me state. And he will show himself to you. So if you're here with no one looking around, this is between you and the Lord, and you don't have a right relationship with God. If you're not right with God, if you've never really surrendered your heart to him, yeah, you go through the motions, show up at youth, play the games, sing the songs. But in your heart of hearts, you know you're not right with God, but you want to be. I'm going to count to three, and I just want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. You're raising your hand because you're like, I want a relationship with Jesus. You're not, you're not making any promises to do better or anything. You're just surrendering your heart. Good, good, good. Raise it high so I can see it. See it. Awesome. All right, put your hands down. Those of you who raised your hands, repeat this prayer with me. Everybody else pray along. Mean it in your heart and say it with your mouth. 
Ready? Say, dear Jesus, this day I give you my life. All that I am, my heart, my soul, my body, everything. I surrender to you because I believe that you died for me, for my sin. And I have sinned, God, against you and against my fellow man. But tonight, I repent. I turn my back on living for myself. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big round of applause. Okay. I know right now, prophetically by the Holy Spirit, that there are so many young people in here who are struggling with depression. You're struggling with it. You put on the happy face on the outside, but inside, you're dying. I know it. If you want to be free from that, if you want to be absolutely free from it, I want you to come up here right now. Right up here. There's like 10, 10 more. I'm getting the number 10. There's 10 more of you that need to be up here. 10. 10 of you need to be up here. Right now. Don't let the enemy lie to you anymore. Say there's nothing you can do. God doesn't love you. I'm not worth it. It's never going to change. I'm never going to be happy. Tell him to shut his mouth and walk up here. Come on. Come on. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, that's right, that's right. Right on. Come on. Come on. That's right. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's right, buddy. Come on. Come on. Come on, bring your friend, come up and, yeah, come on. Come on, that's right, that's right. Come on, come on. Oh, Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna touch on a subject because the Holy Spirit told me to. Some of you up here, you don't have to raise your hand. 
unless you want to. You've been struggling with suicide. Okay. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. We're going to kick the devil right in his tail. Hate him. Hate his guts. There's some of you out here who've been struggling with it too. The enemy is trying to snuff out your life because he fears you. He's afraid of you. He's afraid of your destiny. He's afraid of the power that you have within you. It's nothing to be ashamed of. If I had time, I'd tell you my story. 2013, I was there, okay? It was the worst year of my life. Depression had me, I mean, I almost lost everything. So I, I I can relate to it. If you're struggling with that, get up here right now. Come on. Come on. Come on, I know there's a few of you in here. I know it by the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna ask him to give me words of knowledge in a minute. Come on. Come on, self-hatred. Can't stand yourself. Come on up here. Come on. And along with that, you've got physical pain in your body too. Headaches, backaches, migraines, things like that. Come on up here. Holy Spirit, I bind right now the power of the enemy in Jesus' name. I bind you from holding these young people back from their destiny right now. I break your power right now. Come on up here. Come on, don't be afraid. Come on. Come on. That's right. That's right. Come on, buddy. Come on. That's right. Give a round of applause. That's right. Come on. Ooh, shatata. There's a couple more of you who need to be up here. You're like, man, he's pushy. Yep, dang Skippy, I'm pushy. The enemy ain't the only one who's pushy. The Holy Spirit's pushy too. He's trying to push you over the cliff into life. Come on. Come on. You're holding us up. Come on. There we go. All right. All right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Give me five. Give me five. Give me five. Give me five. All right. Woo! That's right. Come on. All right, this is how we're going to do this, okay? (laughs) Everybody up here is born again, right? You've made a decision for Jesus Christ. That means the power to free you is already within you. Okay, I got a couple questions for you. How many of you up here also are dealing with physical pain symptoms in your body? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Um, Just about everybody. Okay, pay attention out there. There's a reason I'm doing this. Pay attention. Okay, now I got one more question. 
How many of you know that you have someone or some people that you need to forgive? Raise your hand. Everybody. <laughs> okay. You're probably out there wondering why, why are you asking this? You get, you called them up for depression. You know, I could pray over you. The Holy Spirit will swallow you up and that depression will be gone. But if we don't deal with the root, then the enemy has real estate and he has authority to come back into your life. Okay. Unforgiveness is what the Bible calls a root of bitterness and it defiles everything in your life. Let me tell you what forgiveness is and what it's not, okay? Say if you, what's your name? Jared. If Jared does something to me really wrong, he just does me so bad, you know? Calls me a bunch of names, it really hurts me. And I take this water, but it's really poison. I say, oh yeah, Jared, I'll show you. Take that. Jared goes on about his business. He could care less about me. He forgot about it. But every time I'm thinking about what Jared did to me, I take another sip. Thoughts are going through my head. And until that unforgiveness becomes a bitterness and anger. And then I start having depression and then sickness and all these other things. What forgiveness is not, it's not saying what the person did to you was right. If somebody did you wrong, it wasn't right. Is somebody that I, I would I would dare say that most of you have been hurt by somebody even in your own family. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of head shake. Okay, okay. The people who can hurt you the most are the ones that are closest to you. When you forgive somebody, it's not saying, "Hey, it's okay what you did to me. I'm letting you go. It's okay. It's not okay what they did to you. It's not." What forgiveness is is saying, "I'm not going to allow what you did to me have any more authority in my life." I'm going to release you. I'm not allowing this unforgiveness, this bitterness in my life. I'm releasing you. Forgiveness is a choice. And forgiveness is not about the offender. It's about the offended, which would be you. So the only path to freedom is forgiveness. So how many of you are willing to forgive the person or people who did you wrong? Raise your hand. Okay, okay. Ooh, Holy Spirit's moving already. <laughs> How many of you feel, feel, feel that all over you right now? Yeah. <laughs> Man, he's thick up here. <laughs> yeah, you feel that? Yeah. And he's softening your heart. This is what's gonna happen. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Okay, you're willing to forgive him, right? Okay. Now, are you willing to pray for the person or people that you're forgiving for the next 30 days? Are you willing to? Raise your hand if you're willing to. Okay. I get it. It might start off with, bless them, Jesus. It's okay. Let me tell you the why behind that. Because as you begin to pray for them, God will turn your heart toward them. He'll soften your heart toward them. And he'll also make your heart offenseless. That's true power, is when you can go through life and people can do offensive things to you, but you don't take offense. That's true power. That beats muscles, brains, anything else, that's true power. 
okay? So you're willing to pray for him for the next 30 days. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, okay? Now, if anybody out there wants to get baptized in the Holy Spirit, come up behind them because the Holy Spirit is about to flood up here. So if you wanna get baptized in the Holy Spirit and receive your prayer language, just come on up behind them. Okay. So now what we're gonna do, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And when I get to the point where I say, I choose to forgive, I want you to say their names and I want you to say it out loud. Okay? The name or names. Because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Okay? And then after that, after you say their name, I'm going to pray over you. That depression, that suicide is gone forever. Okay? It's gone right now. Then the Holy Spirit is going to come on every single one of you. And you're going to feel like something warm, like deep in your belly. And you're just going to start speaking in a language that you don't know. Okay? It's going to be awesome. (laughs) It's going to be really cool. You guys ready back there? You guys ready? Did you hear everything I said? The Holy Spirit is going to come on you. He's already in you, but he's going to come on you from within. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the key to the spiritual realm is words. So you just let your tongue go. And you just start speaking. Okay? All right, for those of you up here... Repeat this prayer with me, ready? Say, Father God, thank you that you love me so much that you saved me, that you redeemed me. I'm so thankful for what you did. And Father, I wanna be obedient to you. So right now, I choose to forgive. Say their names. (laughs) 